You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from uh, Arizona, visiting Texas. And with me always is my good friend, Jay from the hills of Texas. And we are having to excuse uh, AK Mike this time yeah, because yeah. Uh, he had a work uh, schedule and uh, I'm still in that traveling mode. The last podcast we did was from my what, secret bunker. Your super secret bunker that uh, uh, cohabitates with NORAD. That's true. So unfortunately, it's about 117 in Arizona and you know my wife and I decided to get out like we said in the last podcast and so I made my way down to Texas and so I've been hanging out with Jay for a little bit and uh, we've had some uh, pretty exciting uh, adventures that we're going to get to share today. But before we get started, let's give a shout out to uh, A Power Batteries. We don't have Mike to do the jingle, but uh, A Power. <laughs> there you go. Do you need power? We have power. That's right. A Power Batteries. You can find them at rcbatteriesusa.com. I know that on the Facebook page uh, a couple of days ago, somebody mentioned, uh, hey, this website's not working. What is it? Once again, it's rcbatteriesusa.com. You can type in PFPC10 and receive our discount, and that helps us out Woo-hoo! as well. So uh, we love these batteries, flying them. Uh, they're great batteries. They're nice and small. As a matter I, of fact, that was one of the things that Mike mentioned that uh, it true. didn't weigh as much. He I, he got some of those batteries, and he's like, wow, these batteries are much smaller than you know the ones he had before. So Well, in one of our uh, topics that are going to be coming tonight, we could have used uh, – one of those yeah, power batteries. True. I, could have. I have one of one or two of my batteries are a little tired. A little bit. <laughs> eh, eh, a little tired. Uh, we'll okay. talk about that later. Yeah. All right. And uh, second of all, we need a shout out to uh, Eric over at 3DAeroVentures.com. AeroVentures. AeroVentures. Uh, you can type in Park Flyer and receive a discount off your downloaded plans. So 3DAeroVentures.com. Uh, we'd like to... Uh, Thank Eric for his support as well. And we would like to give him a big shout-out. Congratulations Ooh, to right. Eric because he just – Yes, that's right. He has an article uh, on 3D printing uh, in the AMA Digital Magazine. So congratulations Ooh, for August. Uh, the the issue just came out basically, but for August he uh, he wrote an article in there, and it's, uh, it's a good article. I liked it. It's very informative and uh, kind of gives you – a platform to get into uh, 3D printing. So um, that kind of brings us to uh, uh, our first topic for this uh, podcast uh, is is on 3D printing, actually. Yes, that's true, my friend. And you've been uh, working really hard. First of all, we're sitting next to each other, so it's kind of weird. You know, we can kind of <laughs> see each other uh, being here in Texas. Last time, I think we did a podcast several months ago where yeah. um, you were sitting across the desk from me. Uh, unfortunately... That worked well because we could actually see each other across the desk, even though we we're recording. Uh, this one's kind of weird because we're sitting literally next to each other, and we can <laughs> reach out and touch. So, uh, if you're if you're a- able to jump onto our YouTube channel, subscribe to uh, our podcast there. Uh, we are now putting out videos uh, with our podcast, so hopefully you'll take a look at that. Subscribe, give us a thumbs up. Uh, give us a like, and we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're actually kind of fun to make, and they're a little yeah. entertaining. And what I like about doing them is the fact that when we put some extra content that people can see, um, when we're trying to describe stuff to people, 
uh, they can actually see it. We'll, we'll pull up something or something yeah. funny right. uh, that they can actually see and understand a little bit better about, you know, our babbling or trying to describe something. Yeah, I think on one of the ones, the first ones we did, we were talking uh, we were talking about traveling and, and meeting Eric when you and I drove up to uh, Arizona. Yeah. And uh, Eric said something like, oh, yeah, I'll travel with Jay. And I said, no, I've been in the car for 13 hours with that guy. And uh, I put a picture of uh, the – what Chevy Chase when he was in the desert with all this stuff <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. it was a picture up there. We were talking about it. So anyway, I got a comment or two about how funny that was. But uh, so yeah, we're uh, back in Texas. Uh, and um, so anyway, take us through this uh, 3D printing. We we've been talking to Eric, and this is right. a, pro- a project that you have kind of tried to get your your printer dialed in. You've true, had a printer true. for a while, and this has been something that's been on your mind for quite some time. Is 3D printing an airplane, and with uh, our affiliation with Eric. We, you know, we now have plans available that we can do some of the smaller airplanes. You've been trying to figure out how to, you know, tweak your machine and get the right heating and the cooling and all that right. kind of and stuff. Which, uh, and which which type of plastic I'm going to use. All, there's a whole bunch of right. variables. Not to say that it's impossible, people, but it helps to set your machines up first. Because if you just start, jump into it and just start to try to print something, you're going to have some headaches because things aren't right. going to, you're going to print something out. It should have came up, you know. One by one by one, and it comes out, you know, 0.5, 0.5, You're like, why did it do that? So you really have to get your machine calibrated. So I'm, I'm finishing up with all the calibrations. Like I said, uh, I have some plans and stuff from Eric. Um, I'm just about to go ahead and, and pull the trigger and start printing, printing some stuff out. And uh, just before Mike came uh, for his visit, uh, wouldn't you believe it? Uh, a 3D printed plane fell into my lap. And wow. I said, well, what a coincidence. I'm about to print one. <laughs> Here's one that was, I mean, pretty much done. I mean, motors installed, servos installed, you know, came to me and and just said, hey, you know, I'm never going to fly this thing. You go ahead and take it. I'm like, great. I'll give it a try and have Mike, you know, uh, do the maiden and we, you know, figure it out and and get it together. And boy, boy. did we figure some things out. (laughs) Now, I will tell you that when I showed up, it was here and I was really impressed. But the first thing out of my mouth was, I don't. I don't remember that being on Eric's plans because uh, it's a Cessna 152 and right. it's a 62 inch. And, uh, you know, I was kind of like looking at it and I was like, whoa, did you get a, you know, a, something? Did you print this out? He's like, no, it fell, <laughs> it fell into my lap. Right. And, you know, the guy that wasn't going to fly it. So he, he, you know, he found me and, and just said, here, you know, take it out and, and enjoy. So I, I, as I understand it, you know, he built it. And then you and I, as I was sitting there looking at it, I was pretty impressed because this is really kind of my first 3D fully printed airplane. I've seen some smaller ones, similar to the ones that Eric has, mm-hmm. the little minis. Uh, but this is the first time I've seen a big 62-inch, you know, full-on landing gear, wheels. Everything was 3D printed. It was right. very amazing to me. Right. Uh, but I can see how hard it is and how much time. Just a in whole the, the new design, respect for Eric's design designs. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because the way you had to to fit the gear where the gear snapped in and then you had to get the battery tray where it would actually open and close. And it's very well thought out. You know, like you said, for for these guys, when they put the stuff together, you know, you got to give them their props. If if it's well designed and Mm -hmm. it's well thought together, because like you said, this thing, I, you you were talking to me, you were working on the gear where you're doing some of the nose wheel steering and you're like, Oh yeah. And I was like, how in the heck do we get, get in there to, Mm. to, you know, not modify, but to uh, adjust, adjust it. Adjust it. Mm-hmm. And uh, next thing I hear is crack, 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 crack. And you're like, hey, it just pops out. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, it just slides, it slides in together and pops in and out. You just have to squeeze these two, 
these two tabs together and right. it pops out. And I'm like, oh, I never even thought to do that. I, I thought you had to you know get a hammer and just break the things apart. <laughs> just I, I didn't under, I didn't understand how you were going to get it how we were right. going to get access to that servo and it was just amazing how it just popped off you know popped in and out of the plane. Yeah. I was like that yeah. was really well thought out. Yeah, so. well it was pretty impressive and uh, you know like I said the uh, this is uh, a design that you and I haven't ever seen. No. Uh, and you're just gearing up to print out, you know, some of the the new ones that Eric has coming out. But uh, this this is a good opportunity for us to play with one because we haven't really printed. Right. You know, you're in the process of all that, and so uh, we spent uh, all night. Yeah, literally. that kind of surprised me because yeah. you know when you look at the plane, you're thinking, oh, it's it's an R for it's pretty much you know plug and play, right? All I had to yeah. do is throw in my um, my receiver and just go fly it. Eh, not so eh, much. That's what you thought. That's what, yeah, that's what you thought. Yeah, so like you said, it pretty much was a plug-and-play, so just had to plug in the uh, plug in my receiver. Right. We had to fiddle around with uh, two things, the flaps. Well, basically, it's the wing. We had to fiddle around with the flaps and the ailerons. Mm-hmm. A normal plane, we wouldn't have had to fiddle as much, but because on a plastic or a printed plane, part of the problem that we were having was that the – the guy didn't do proper prep work on the the parts so that's true so when you went to move the ailerons the uh the the guide rod was bending i mean severely bending we're like what is going on with that it looks like a big banana yeah and so we're like well the hinges are there there's they're not jamming up you physically couldn't move the hinge or you couldn't move the, the uh what do you want to call the uh Emperage, empanage, empanage. Mm-hmm. You couldn't physically move it. It physically was blocked. And so, I, luckily, I happen to have these little scalpel sets. Uh, yeah, the scalpel. empanage is actually the body part of it. You're talking about the actual wing. The camber of the wing comes down and yeah, it yeah, touches and the. I'm aileron, talking about the, 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 the part of the actual aileron that moves. Right. Yeah. So that touches the wing. It's the camber. Yeah. And so you can't change any of that. So the, as the as the wing comes over, where the aileron slides into the wing. There were hinges, and when you exercise the up motion, then the the 3D print, the two two parts touched each other. Yeah, they were touching. And, and then it, you couldn't exercise it; you couldn't move it. There there should have been a seal there or something. You know, he should have carved it back a little bit or right. kind of so, filed it. So basically, once again, due to the printing, yeah. um, things don't print out exact, or you know, for whatever reason, it it wasn't like it was way bigger that it didn't fit together they mm-hmm. did it's just that sometimes you you have to do a little trimming so i have a set of these things and they're little miniature chisels that's used for woodworking yeah those are cool and these are perfect now i have a little file set to go along with that just in case you guys couldn't see that <laughs> um i have a little file set as well that helps to file certain parts um and you can get them at like harbor freight for right. three or four dollars right. but uh, this chisel set works out great because you're able what you're able to do is go i just went along the part that was rubbing against uh basically uh, it was the actual hinge it was a round hinge and a you know the 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 piece that was above it was just catching on top of the round part of the hinge right right and so basically all i had to do is just take the this thing and just kind of scrape it and it would just peel off a layer of the plastic and i just kind of you know chip my way back it was really easy to do. It just was time consuming and a little fiddly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely made a huge difference because we were able to, you know, take off the pressure off those uh, those servos that were jamming up, and then the guide rods weren't bending at all after I got done. But you know, it it took like half an hour, forty minutes of 
fiddly bits of, you know, doing the carving, looking, you know, I got old man eyes, got to wear reading glasses. So um, after I got that done, um, I basically went and did the other side just to be sure that everything was free and nothing was touching. So, um, yeah, it, it, wasn't terrible. It wasn't a terrible bit of work. It was just different at, from a, a regular plane. It's just something to be aware of. Now, I, I will tell you when we uh, looked up the uh, throws on on this particular plane, the throws were not horrendous. I mean, no, they're not three no D throws. They no, were, no, no. they were only about what eleven up and seven down or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So we probably could have gotten away with you know with it maxing out yeah, but it wasn't but maxing out at full seven it, it's it just like but it's just one of those things that annoys me or i know it annoys you yeah, that you yeah. can't you i can't know, get I can't, more throw i can't get it, the yeah. total throw out of it and it's not working like it's supposed right. to yeah we could have modified in, in with the radio and got the the throws that we needed and, and messed with it and got it but you know had had it flexed as much as it was supposed to it it wouldn't be an right. issue. So, yeah. and and that was probably something either in the design or the the way his printer printed out or something right. like that. So, right. But uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, once he got all that filed down, he's like, "Okay, it's all filed down." And uh, I jumped on the radio and started moving stuff around and kind of getting everything you know programmed. And uh, I noticed that the flaps were they weren't really sitting as flush as they could have been. I don't know. It was, yeah, it turned out that was a, that was a design yeah. that, that was in the design to be that way. Cause you were trying to get them even with the ailerons and they right. weren't coming they weren't. up and, and they weren't designed that way. And so they are Fowler style flaps, which is the actual correct term for them. And they do kind of drop down and, you know, out, they're not like a split flap uh, or just a regular flap that comes down. Um, so it was it was okay that they were like that, but one kind of dragged and the other one didn't, and I think that was one of the things we were kind of uh, frustrated with as well. Uh, but we finally figured it all out. I got them matched. I got the ailerons matched. Uh, and then I looked down at the radio. We disassembled everything. We we're going to go fly it the next day, and I looked down at the radio just on a whim to kind of you know go through all my settings again and notice that the aileron trim was full left. <laughs> Like the entire tram was fully left, right? And I done I had done that previously with the the stuff was binding, and I right. I did that so at least it would work and it wouldn't bind. So now we set we spent almost an hour setting all that up with the with the trim totally maxed out to the left side. So I'm like I looked at it, Jay, and I was like, oh my gosh, really? Typical for the two <laughs> of us, right? You know, the two of us kind of get together, things right. never go really totally correct. So I, I went to the sub trim and realized that all the sub trims were all messed up. And then I'm like, wow, why didn't I check all that before? And, uh, hey, so but f- practice makes perfect, I right? So it, it took you a little yeah. while the first time, but the second time you zipped right through that. <laughs> I did zip right through You got right, th- you know, it's like, hey, so, I got it. It's all done. I'm like, wow, that was fast. Yeah. Now the good news is we set up the throws in the actual uh, travel. So the yes. travel doesn't change, but the actual trims do. So then we just had to, you know, re mechanically reset them. We had to move an arm around and then we just kind of, the throws were almost the, identical uh, to what they were before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just kind of zeroed out the trims and then moved the trims uh, shortly, you know, just a smaller amount so that we had somewhere to uh, start. And then we're ready to go. I think we need to charge the battery, right? Or you uh, need to solder no, a new... that, that uh, we did have another issue uh, while you were working on the plane and reaching around oh, with yeah, those big true. gorilla fingers of yours. Uh, <laughs> uh, you went to reach down to, uh, to move the plane or do something. You turned around and you went, and I, I heard the crackle of 
plastic and CA and mm-hmm. tears. Yeah. <laughs> and there, lo and behold, there's something red rolling down across the carpet. The the top of the rudder. Top of the rudder. Yeah. yeah. Broke that clearance. Clear now, off. please understand that this is a big airplane. I mean, you know, it's 62 inches long, and we were working on the floor. And I know you can kind of see behind us if you're on YouTube. But uh, I was on the ground, and I had my um, my bag with all my tools and everything over here. And I reached over with my left hand and then when i brought it back across to hand something to jay who was on my uh, on my left side i i just smacked the tail it was a total accident i didn't do it purposely i wasn't even paying attention but the tail was up high enough that i went snap and then i was like what is that and i looked on the ground and i'm like what the heck is that and you I, go, are you kidding me are you kidding me i barely touched what's wrong with this thing i did i really felt like i barely touched it but i so, think i pretty much whacked it whacked it pretty hard actually so once again it, it because he was like, oh, no, you know, do you have to reprint this part? Is this all, you know, terrible, bad, whatever? Right. And I said, no. Once again, this is one of those things that's good and it's bad about 3D printed planes. Uh, most people use CA to put the plane together. And if you don't CA something well enough or if the CA doesn't take. Right. Um, that's true. Or even if the plane crashes. Uh, you have a mild crash, parts tend to pop off, CA pops. And I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen that on their planes where you made a repair, you do something with CA, and then, you know, you whack it again, and the CA just cleanly breaks off. It didn't, you know, didn't bond well enough, or, or it wasn't clean enough. So uh, it popped right along where it was glued, and um, just got a little sandpaper, sanded off all the CA, and then I used this stuff called... Um, uh, of course, I'm going to forget the name of the stuff, but yeah, ba- exactly. it's 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 basically an acrylic um, cement for making fish tanks, um, and it basically melts the PLA plastic together, so it welds the parts together. So it's a little different than CA. So the good part is mild wax like that shouldn't cause the type of you know popping parts off. The bad part is is that you know. If it's going to break or be destroyed, it's going to be destroyed. It's gonna, you know. Now, that was that was one of the things that I was amazed at, you know, because I picked up this piece and I was like, oh, man, I had to break. I broke the rudder completely in half. And Jay's like, no, that's a totally separate piece. And I'm like, no, it's part of the rudder. And then as I started looking at it, I realized that the bottom is perfectly flat. It wasn't. It wasn't like the other, like the vertical stab. It, you could actually look inside there and see all the in, internal parts where this one wasn't. It was just one piece. And. Then I realized that the rudder's in three separate pieces. They just glued them all together. Yeah, and, and it's so well designed. That, yeah. and, and when you put it together, you'll see the seam line or the internal structures, and they kind of, you know, they look like they're one. So yeah, it's it one continuous really piece. It looks like it's one piece, but it's actually three, it was three sec- separate pieces, like Mike said. So I was, I was kind of happy about that because it, you know, it meant that I didn't just totally destroy right. you know, this airplane. Right. I, <laughs> I just knocked a piece off. But, you know, you brought up another good point with this, and that is if you make a mistake with this plane, mm-hmm. um, you, you, you really have to check uh, the old adage, you know, what is it, measure twice, cut once? That's true. Because not so much you're going to be doing cutting on this plane, it's when you go to glue it together. And what I found out from this is when we were working on uh, back on the ailerons again, right? And we were, and I was like, oh, we got to remove this plastic or sand. It says in the structure you're supposed to sand this or do this. Right. And I'm like, how do we get how do we get the ailerons off? You know? And I'm like looking to see. And so I had to actually go back and uh, uh, look at a, look at a video of how they put the plane together. And when they put that piece on, mm-hmm. they glue a keeper piece, the, meaning the wingtip goes on the very outside and once that's glued on that keeps that's how what keeps the aileron on 
Yeah, they're like little pins that go in yeah. the hole, and then it keeps it from sliding out. Sliding out, right? So, yeah. so all you do is put a blocker piece on the on the outside, yep. and then it can't move. It works. Yep. So it's easy. But if you don't sand your parts, go in there, and you know if he would have went in prior and moved the pieces yeah. and saw that, oh man, there's there's a little friction or there's a little this or that. He could have fixed it then before he glued on the right. end piece. So that's right. once again, as I'm seeing, you know, I think now when I go to. Uh, print out Eric's plane as I'm putting it together. I'm going to be real mindful to sand all my parts, make sure yeah, they fit sure well they fit. before I glue it all together. And then, you know, you got to get a hammer and smash off the piece. You well, know, to redo I, something. I probably will tell you that he's built these and actually probably tested them and has figured some of that out because he. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I'm sure. He probably but, won't be having to do any sanding. Too no, much no, 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 no. Well, but here's the thing. He could he could have the perfect design. Yeah, that's true. And but if I have a crappy printer, printer or my that, printer hasn't been true. calibrated, right. it's printing out all sorts of weird that. things that it prints out and it's still a flyable plane. Right. It's just that the parts don't fit perfectly together and it may need some sanding. It's yeah, that's true. just the nature of the beast with these things. Well, I was a little worried uh, about the grass on your field. That's true. You and, were. And so. You were like, this is no, you can't take this off a grass field. I, you know, it has wheel pants on it and the wheels are actually 3D printed as well. And they're printed out of that soft stuff that Eric talked about. Yeah, TPU. TPU. And so they're really spongy and, they, and it's amazing, you know, that they were able to do that. But I told Jay, I was like, you know what, this is really going to tear this up if we try to go out and fly it off of your grass field because the grass out here, you know, it's summertime and it's not really thick. It's got some right. spotty where, stuff. Where the EDF, so the L39 has that nice uh, ball link. Uh, right. Trailing tra- link. Trailing, yeah, trailing, trailing link. Uh, ball link. Trailing link uh, uh, gear and it just soaks up the, the bumps and bruises right. out there. Right. But this at, one doesn't. But as you found out though, it, they the front gear has shock absorbers That's in it. That's true. It does. <laughs> didn't even notice that. That was something I didn't notice either. Right. Right. So the the whole the front the front wheel actually compressed, but it was internal. There's like an internal spring in there or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's it, we got it fixed. But yeah, it's true. So anyway, we decided to uh, go out to this little park. It has a, I think it's a church parking lot that's attached to an empty lot. And so anyway, we're gonna fly in the empty lot. We're gonna take it off. And so we got up early in the morning uh, the next day after we spent all night, you know, pretty much to the wee hours in the morning and. Got this thing all lined up, and we put it together. I let Jay kind of get it all figured out. And then right. we had set up the nose wheel steering on a separate switch uh, and a separate servo so that I could actually get some steering uh, because that's the way we do it on the big jets and, um, you know, the turbine stuff. And so I show, you know, we kind of showed him how to do that. I got it where it's tracking straight. So I gave it a little power, tracked it straight. It was kind of pulling one side. I straightened it all out. And now I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's put some flaps in and go fly. Yep. Yep. So we got it all set up. Luckily, we took some pictures as we yeah, always do. Um, we, I'm standing on the left hand side of Mike, and uh, he goes and slowly advances the throttle. Now I had a. This is meant to be flown off a three or four cell. I opted mm-hmm. to go with the four cell because the planes, you know, it's heavy. It's yeah, a lot, it it's a lot heavier heavy. than you would think for most planes. That's true. So I said, ah, I'm going to go with the four cell, you know, go big or go home. And, and, and it's, I've never heard of having too much power is a bad thing. Yeah, no. I, you know, <laughs> it'll get you off the ground. It, it'll get you off the ground and keep you out of trouble. At least that's, that's, true. that's the theory. So, uh, yeah, so we're standing there and Mike advances the throttle and I have my camera ready and, and he starts to advance and the plane's slowly rolling, rolling down. Everything's working great. It's tracking straight. Uh, perfect. The breeze is blowing the right direction and he gets past where we're parked Starts to advance the throttle to the full, and all of a sudden it goes, bang! 
And I'm like, whoa, what was th-? I mean, like somebody like blew something up. Yeah, I really thought thing- I really thought the nose exploded. And next thing you know, it's just like you just hear parts just railing, just raining down over the parking lot. And we're just like, what the heck was that? And then it's just silence. No, or no. The good news is the airplane tracks straight. <laughs> it tracks so straight the whole way. I had that going for me. So we walk up to it, right? And we look, and the whole front of the nose is gone. And we'll show you. We'll get a picture, and we'll put it up. Yeah. But it's just gone, like it was sheared off. Which is amazing. And so then we're, like, looking down, and we see a couple of little red pieces. That's what the, the cowl was made of red. So we're looking down. There's a few little pieces of red cowling, but there's no engine, no motor, nothing, nothing. It's got nothing's there. And I'm looking around. I'm like, what the heck? And so I, we, uh, Mike turns around. He's walking back down the parking lot, going, oh, well, he's going to put the radio down. Uh, and he goes, oh, here's the cowl. You know, here's the cowling. And I'm like, what's it doing behind the plane? <laughs> well, the train, the plane was moving. So when uh, the yeah, cowling I, came I guess off, I, I, I guess I didn't off, think about that. And I go, okay, well, let me see if I can find the motor or something, right? So I'm thinking that if the cowling came apart or came off, mm-hmm. that the motor would have just flown forward, you know, until it pulled loose of the uh, the motor wires and then, you know, died. So it should be sitting up the field somewhere or in the, the field to the left. Nothing, nothing. Tumbleweeds. We walked, we walked the whole length of the field down, <laughs> came all the way back to where we were, picked the plane up, took some more pictures. The rest of the plane's fine. Looks beautiful. Um, not well, the, the motor can was actually, we found the motor can. Well, well, a little later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, we'd walked the yes. side of this field yeah. up all the way up to, you know, in front of us. Then we came back and walked it all the way back of us. And then we found a couple more pieces, but we couldn't, no motor, no motor, no prop, nothing has gone. And I'm like, how, how does a motor and prop just disappear like right. that? It vanished. It just vanished. And so we're, we're totally confused as where, where it is. And now I'm looking like on the other side of the field, just looking at, just looking around as we're walking past my car and the trailer Mike goes, oh, there's the prop. And I'm like, what? Where's the, what do you mean, where's the prop? And the next thing I know, he gets up underneath the car. And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? And sure enough, he reaches down there by my, my, uh, uh, the passenger's tire. And he pulls up. He goes, oh, here's the prop. Oh, here's the motor. And he pulls yeah. up the, 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 the motor and, and everything. You know, I'm like, what the? How did it end up there? <laughs> now, the, now, the car is parked like behind us and probably 20 feet away. Um, yeah, when we start, when we started, yeah, yeah, when we started. So, but for but the airplane was probably even with the back of the car as it was going by. I mean, it was a little, you know. I guess up, I, but, I, you know, it, yeah. it just the physics on how that just it, that explosion and how the motor ended up under the and they were separate. The, by the way, the motor can was separate from the from the propeller pr- from the prop. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the our theory on that is that the guy. Didn't put the he put the mo- the motor in backwards, mm-hmm. so he took out the um, the shaft the shaft out and then reinserted it you know backwards so that he can get the motor to go flat up against the uh, cowl right. from the back of the cowl and then the propeller and everything would just sit out in front of that you know on the other side. So um, you, you can do that on most you know brushless motors like that, but um, you really have to be uh, careful that the the only thing holding the motor in. It's just going to be the uh, the set screws that will be on there, and there's usually two of them. So you might have right. to grind a, a flat spot on the shaft in, in this new position. And so the guy we he, the guy 
didn't do that. Or on some of the motors, they'll they'll have be, they'll have it set up that you can put the uh, C uh, clamp, not clamp, yeah, C circlip, yeah, circlip, yeah, it's a little C clamp, and this uh, to they could put it back there on on the reverse side as well. I didn't look like this motor or the shaft was set up for that either. Yeah, I don't. I think it was flush. So he would. It had grub screws in there, but the, when you have it going in the one way, the flat spot is right where the grub screw is. Right. But when you flip it, around, flip it around, now the grub screws are in the front, and there's no flat spot. Spots, so he just right. put it on the actual shaft. Yeah. And as the as I accelerated that that four cell, when I went from half throttle moving to full throttle to get off the ground. I think that the can expanded. Right, it started separated. coming out because there was no C clip in the back. In the back, and as the can came out, it touched the front plastic piece. I think it just ripped. I think it went at full force. It went right it through it. Right through it. And uh, anyway, it ejected the propeller. So the propeller went out like one of those things you see you at the spin, you know that you spin, spin and it goes up in the air. It went out like that, and then the motor just kept going. And then when it hit the ground, it was already spinning, so it rolled underneath. Uh, you know, when it, to get where it was. And so, um, but, I, but I was really amazed that, you know, even after all that, we never got it off the ground. It was all of about, you know, two seconds of, oh, oh what just happened? Yeah. And then another, <laughs> I don't think we've ever had an accident, uh-uh. or, you know, a mishap, not an accident, a mishap like yeah. that one before. I don't think so. On rollout, not even full, you weren't even full speed roll up and then no, something no. happens. I've yeah. had that happen before, but right. you weren't even up to flying speed yet. And then. Well, actually, this uh, we did talk on one uh, podcast about the EDF when I said, "Oh, abort! I reject my aircraft like that because <laughs> the flap was hanging." Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's so true. we did have something like that, that's but this, true. this, it wasn't catastrophic or you know didn't do any damage. We just aborted our takeoff. Uh, but this thing uh, sheared right at that uh, what Jay was talking about earlier, the right at the CA line. So you really believe it or not, all we have to do is print out a new nose for this, and he's got the files. So it'll be interesting, you know, to print that out and then kind of you know give it a try again. Uh, unfortunately, I think um, my time here, I yeah, have to go yep. kind of go back to work. So that was our one shot. Yeah, well, I'm that's, have to come that's back. the part that's disappointing. Yeah, I'm going to have to come back through uh, for the next time. So we'll maiden it the next time. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of things, as so. you probably see in the background there. Lot, yeah, yeah. We got a lot, lot of planes to yeah. maiden and a lot yeah. of things to do. So a lot of content. So that was our 3D adventure for the moment. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of put that in the uh, in the, the trailer, and we went on to the field, uh, which was just another five minutes down the road, and uh, and then we broke out our EDFs. So right, and, we, and okay, folks, you know, like you said, Mike and I have been doing this for a long time, going long out time. flying, <laughs> doing things. You think we got our crap together? Uh, you no. know, you think we got a plan? You know, no. we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna initiate plan Charlie. Okay, I'm on it. You know, run out there, grab my my go bags, and you know. Exactly. Out we go. No, that's not the way that happened, folks. <laughs> so we go out the, the very first day prior to these, uh, what we were doing with this last story. The first day we were like, okay, we're going to go fly our L-39s, go do some formation flying, go yeah. have some fun. <laughs> we get out to the field. We got up the, the, the night before. We charged all the batteries. We had and we hot, were up late, too. It was like know. one... One or two in the morning yeah. by the time we so, got down with all the batteries. So we got all the batteries charged. My batteries, his batteries, you know, um, you know, I threw my uh, my uh, charger, not charger, but my, uh, my uh, uh, what do you, generator. Put yeah. my generator oh, the in the generator, back. Yeah, 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 put my generator in the back of the of the thing. And we're all ready to go the next morning. And we get out there and boom, zoom out there. We're all, ha, ha, this is going to be great. And uh, as Mike's going, he goes, hey, where'd you put my batteries? And I said, uh, by the front door. <laughs> <laughs> with all the stuff, you know, with the planes and, you know, all the gear. I loaded all the stuff at the front door. There was no battery case and, and there. 
I guess this is like all old age folks, yep. you know, creeping up on me. I could have sworn I grabbed that the battery bag and put nope. it up front. I, I moved everything else but the battery bag. It was sitting in back in the main room where we were. Now, not to put this off on me, okay, <laughs> because, you know, our, is our co-host here walked past the bag several times when we walked into the room, looking this around, do we need anything else? Anything else you want me to carry out? Yeah, yeah, no, yes, no. He had to, you know, like step over the bag. I did. <laughs> to, I had to, to walk I had out the room. over several times. So both of us totally missed having to getting this bag. <laughs> it's amazing. So, yeah, it was so when we showed up, we only had what four batteries. The fly. yeah, you actually had brought your battery bag. Yeah, mine was sitting here with twelve batteries in it. Yeah, and uh, I just had one, and I don't even. Know, oh, it was in the airplane. It was in the yeah something to like keep that. the nose down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. so so anyway, we ended up having a good time anyway, yeah, despite sure. that. But it was just one of those things. We get all the way out the field and like, boom. Forgot our batteries. That's it for batteries. So, you know, we got to be, you know, okay, this flight, we're going to do this. <laughs> you know, I think on one of our last podcasts, we forgot the radios or something. Yes, yes. Got up there and forgot the radio. Or the wing. I think one of the ones, one of the times. The wing there, or the wing spar. The wing spar. That's, that's another one. That's classic. Yeah, it's pretty typical for us. So, we get um, so excited. And, and the other, you know, we do so much stuff together and we're so alike that, you know, I'm getting my stuff. I'm putting stuff in. I'm like, oh, we got to get this, this. And Jay's like, yeah, we got to get this, this. And then in this particular case, he thought I got the batteries. I thought he got the batteries. Because that's typically how it goes, right? right. If I'm not I, doing something, I'm, oh, Mike needs blah, blah, blah. Oh, Jay needs right, this. Exactly. So let me go do that. And I saw his batteries in the back seat of the car. I thought, oh, well, he must have put mine in the trailer. And then he saw, you know, nothing in the trailer. Thought I put him in the front seat or in the back seat with his. So anyway, we wound up having a good time. And uh, Jay, we all, we basically each flew a flight. Yeah, think- but, you know, I was feeling a little, um, I wouldn't say froggy. I was, um, I flew okay that day. Yeah. You know, um, it, I was excited. I, I even for, I even decided to fly without my gyro on the whole the whole time I was out there. <laughs> but uh, I flew I flew okay, but I was having some issues. A little apprehensive. Let me say that. Yeah, yeah. Just so a little, little you know, my my approaches weren't all, flying in the pattern was doing good. I was flying well mm-hmm. in the pattern, but mm-hmm. my approaches and landings were so so. And like you said, I was yeah. I guess that's a good word for it. I was apprehensive. So when we came out the second time after the Cessna, you know, mishap, we were out there. We had all the batteries. All yeah. the batteries. So we had all twelve of mine, and then however my, many of his. Yeah, my four, know, four yeah. or five. And so we, we got plenty. We got the flying, and so we started having a good time. And Mike was gracious enough about you know after two or three flights, he started noticing some things. So he kind of put down his radio and his plane, and uh, came over and just started giving me a little. Uh, one-on-one training time, and I greatly appreciate it because I went from being apprehensive to having fun. I wasn't nervous about the plane, and I was actually listening to what he was telling me, and, you know, the stuff he says actually works. Yeah, I just looked at him and said, you suck! You know? <laughs> Is that what your mama taught you? <laughs> Man, you're the worst pilot ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Why do I even fly with you? Uh, you're just going to kill everybody. <laughs> But uh, no, no. So uh, yeah, he um, you know gave me a little instruction. So what what were some of the things that I was doing that uh, maybe some of the folks at home could learn from? Well, um, you know that's a good question. There there were there was nothing really like super major. You know, oh my gosh, you're gonna hurt yourself. Or, no, or but there definitely it, but... was. Once again, there was this L thirty nine three wing L thirty nine motion RC. Mm-hmm. 
but it's a big difference between flying a prop plane and flying an EDF. Just no, there's, a, there's some major differences. And although I'm conscious of those differences, I was still having some translation problems uh, from one to the other. Yeah. And one of the major things, like, I try to do coordinated turns when I turn, okay? So I'm trying to keep the plane level. Um, I'm, I'm conscious of trying to get my rudder finger in there when I'm, when I'm doing stuff. And although it translates somewhat to doing, you know, flying jets, not so much when you're trying to bring the jet down, slow it down, and get in on the center line. So well, well, so okay, so let's talk about that real quick. Um, you know, if you're doing coordinated turns with a propeller, you're fighting um, basically a p factor. So the, right. the the airplane's moving forward and it's got a propeller on the front. Uh, in a jet, you've got rear propulsion, right? So you're being pushed through the air. Uh, and because of that, when you roll into a turn, let's just use 30 degrees of bank a turn. So you roll into a 30 degree bank turn, then your vertical component of lift goes away. And now you've got a horizontal component of lift. And so as in order to make a level turn, you've got to load the airplane up or pull back on the stick. So, so the, the more level you want to go, you know, the more you have to kind of pull and it may not require as much per, uh, as much rudder in the direction of the turn. It may, it may not require any, right? right. I mean, you know, it, right. you could just pull it around, but because we're used to flying propeller driven airplanes and we've got that P factor that we're fighting, we put a, a little bit more, more rudder. So imagine the air, this jet is flying along. It's super uber fast, right? It's Cause you're just smoking down wind and you roll into a 30 degree bank turn and you put, let's say you roll into a left turn and you put left rudder immediately. The airplane is going to pitch towards the ground. Because you told the rudder, you know, the amount of rudder that you put in, it goes to just push the nose down. The nose is going to go right. in the direction of the rudder. And, it, and since you're already in this steeper bank, now the bank is going to roll even more and you're going to find yourself going to the ground. And then you're kind of panicked, so you pull even harder. And now the nose kind of slices through and then now you're climbing. So, so in this pattern that you flew, if you were just staying at pattern altitude, which I – you know, we talked about the last time I was here, and you did a really good job just staying in the pattern. So you rolled in the turn, you would pull the aircraft around, um, and everything really looked good. But at the same time, now you were flying two or three mistakes high, which is just your confidence level. You weren't down below, you know, right like right at right. your altitude. So now whenever you're downwind and you're trying to come down, you roll into a steep turn, and now the airplane is almost like a split S coming down towards you mm -hmm. know final and it, it every time you did that i would be like oh what are you doing you know it looks like because it, it almost looks like you're out of control like you're just recovering from a bad you know, maneuver kind of mm -hmm. so to speak and uh so what we did is we worked on um you know power settings and what what i call this this load or g loading the airplane which is just pulling back on the stick so i kind of backed off of the rudder and we rolled into a, a little steeper turn, and then we would pull the airplane around to bleed the speed off in the turn. And so the first couple of times we did it, uh, the, the airplane still wanted to kind of, you know, he still was on the rudder, and it still was kind of diving towards the ground. And, and I had to get him out of that habit because as he, as he dove towards the ground, you developed all this speed. And then when you rolled out, all of a sudden, you've got this speed. You're trying to slow down. You're at idle power. You're, you know, the airplane. You're right. I'm just setting out. myself up for success. Right. That's and it. now you're pitching because you're trying to slow, and it's climbing and descending, and you're like, oh, I have to get down. So you push the nose down, which 
would more speed, more speed, <laughs> and on a propeller may slow you down, right? Because right. your propeller is spinning, but in a jet, it just speeds you up. And, and so this little porpoise effect, and then it's like, okay, we'll go around because you're not in a position to land, right. and you, I don't want you to force it. Um, or you got down too low, felt felt like you were too low, added a lot of power, got the nose high, and now the airplane's just about on the verge of a stall, and it's you know coming in, and it's just going to drop out of the sky, and you're still you know, probably 12 feet in the air at the time. Oh, yeah. Did we mention it was really, really, really windy out there? It was, yeah, it was windy. It, <laughs> it wasn't was little, super windy, but yeah. it was it was pretty, it wasn't as windy as today, but, no. you know, it was, it but was, it was windy. windy. It was, yeah, it, it was, was really, windy. it was gusting. So we just had to work on energy management. And I know a lot of guys uh, in my professional career, and, you know, when I teach aerobatics, and a lot of guys make fun of me because I'm always talking about energy management, but it means a lot to be able to um, be really fast and be able to load the airplane up and slow it down. And, you know, I, I wasn't in the military, I wasn't a fighter pilot, but I do fly, you know, competition aerobatics. And so we use the same concepts as the fighter type guys. I just don't do the fighter maneuvers. Um, but, but there's a lot to, you know, a lot to be said about energy states from the lowest energy state to the highest energy state and how to convert those from one to two, uh, one to the other, excuse me. And so we just worked on that. So I would get him going downwind, and then I would, uh, you know, the other thing that we're trying to do here, too, is that, uh, you know, Jay's never flown turbines. I'd like to get him on the sticks of a turbine. My <laughs> L-39 is coming, you know, along. And so in order to get him to understand some of these turbine uh, aspects of flying, I needed him on the EDF to fly it more like a turbine. So just coming to idle power and just zipping into the ground isn't really necessarily going to work on a turbine because if something happens, you have to go around. That's eight seconds worth of, you know, spool up time, spool up time that you're going to be like, oh, you're just into the ground. So we're half throttle on the downwind, a beam, our landing spot. We're going to reduce to a quarter power. The nose is going to start dropping. And then the airplane, he's going to roll into a turn and bring the airplane around to a final approach. Just a 180 degree descending turn. Seem to have a little issue with that concept mentally. Yeah. I, I most certainly did. Um, one, I was, uh, now that I've, you know, I've been thinking about it, um, the key to success in this, all this maneuvers that we're talking about is less is more. Mm-hmm. That's true. And once I kind of got that concept, because once again, you said, okay, you, you're going to, you're going to go ahead and put yourself into a descending turn. And I would, I would go ahead and, you know, I do the 30 degrees of bank, uh, and then I would you know, start pulling through it. Well, you know, I was waiting for the plane to drop and waiting and waiting. Well, you know, I'd wait too long. Um, or I would force it, you know, I'd right. really, I'd really pull back. Cause he's like, Oh yeah, you got to really pull back. Well, I wasn't pulling back. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be into the turn. I'd be pulling before that. And I, actually we're pulling after, after that, that excuse yeah, me, after, after that. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually diving the plane and then I was fighting that dive uh, and I kept putting the plane in that same attitude every single time I went to make the turn. Right. And then you were like, okay, man, let's, let me see what you're doing. And and then we started talking about it a little bit more. And he's like, okay, see, uh, you know, you're cutting back the you know, quarter power here. Then, um, you know, leave the plane alone. And then, see, I was starting to drop. Okay, now go ahead and uh, put it in the 30 degrees of bank and start pulling. You know, pull now. Oh, right now or just a few <laughs> seconds later? Right. That's when I was pulling. He's like, "Oh no, no, start oh, pulling no. now!" Right. And he goes, "And he goes, okay, you see that? You just pulled the plane. You, you pulled way too hard, but now you know the plane. It was windy, so the plane, like you know, it almost stalled." Right. He goes, "Because you bled off, you, you know, you you killed all your energy when you were pulling so hard. So just really modulate, you know, how hard you're pulling. 
just to see how much, you know, where the plane's going to end up. And I started doing that. I go, oh, I, okay, now I got the amount of feel for how much I have to pull back on the stick and where I'm doing it. Oh, oh, click, you know, yeah. got it. It was kind of really cool to watch the light bulb come on because you were really frustrated initially. And, you know, you were kind of like, oh, man, I know I can get this and it just doesn't seem right. And then, you know, you basically you're like, here's the sticks. Can you show me? And so I did the that, you know, landing where I just came in there, and just rolled it on. And then you're like, OK, that's you know, I got to do this. So we, so we went up a little higher and we just practiced rolling into the turn and then pulling really that, hard. That really helped. Yeah. actually going up high and just, you know, just pulling up high, you know, doing that. Cause once I was up there and I, the fear factor was away, right? right. I wasn't trying to land. Right. I was just trying to do the maneuver and just pulling for all it's worth. And then just figuring it out. Um, that really helped. So then the other thing that we did is, uh, we, um, we well, changed, we changed your, uh, perspective oh, yeah, as we yeah. moved down to the end of the runway down there yeah, instead of standing in the middle of the field. So that way you could kind of get a better view of when to do everything. And then, yeah, like you were just saying, then we went up and did the power to idle. Yep. So power to idle and then let the airplane just start a natural descent. So we went up two or three mistakes even further. So you're a lot higher than you would we're, normally we're up, be. Up there. Yeah. But now the airplane can come down a lot, you know, longer. And we started pulling the power back a beam midfield instead of where we were so that the descent actually happens, you know, while we can see it. And then at that point, it was roll into a 90 and give it a pull. And, and and so now he was able to kind of feel that pull. And as the nose started kind of naturally dropping and carving this 180 degree turn, then it was a lot easier for him to see that, oh, now I just have to pull or or let off the pressure. And it was just pressure. It's not I mean, we talk yeah. about pulling, pulling on the stick. Right. We're not burying the stick. We're just putting pressure on it to get that to get that airplane to turn. And then now when he rolled out on final, the nose was up, you know, he had the power in there. He could get kind of came up with the power. So once he kind of got that feel, uh, then we dropped it back down to where the normal pattern altitude was. And I said, okay, now just bring back the, throw the gear and the flaps out and bring the, the throttle back to a quarter and just allow the airplane to start a natural descent and then roll it in and modulate that, modulate that stick, just enough pressure to get it to continue to come around and then as it comes around, you have to come off the stick because the wind was blowing and, you know, that energy is going to keep you in there. And then you're looking for this descent rate. Oh, my gosh. The light bulb came on. He, oh. oh, yeah. It was the most beautiful approach. It was a perfect 180 degree lined up right on the center line, held the power in there, didn't pitch it. You know, we had this little pitchiness going on before and all that kind of stopped, came in and, I mean, just painted, painted it on the yeah. on the grass strip so and and i think when that happened i mean just the you just saw his shoulders relax his big smile on his face he was just like oh my gosh i think i got it so then i'm like well i got five more batteries in there use them all <laughs> so we just started loading batteries into his airplane and he just kept doing you know yeah and then uh, i think approach. the emergency procedure things when you're just when you were just calling okay right know, cut the power right you gotta land and and so that that's the other thing that we did, um, you know, just we, we he would take off. And as he turned downwind, I was like, OK, now now you lost your engine. You got to get it back. And so he'd just go to idle power and, you know, come back around and then would put ourselves into the wind with no gear and flaps just to see how slow it would go. And then what the descent rate was. And then I'd have him throw all the gear and the flaps out and uh, and kind of come in. And I think we went around once or twice, but then you landed out of one. So. 
and and I think you got a better understanding. Yeah, now it was too good. Pra- of, it was good practice. Yeah, you, you it, got it was, a better and understanding, and of it was of, fun. I was having fun with when you were like, "Oh, right, right. you lost your engine." Oh boy, <laughs> you know. Then it started to become a challenge. I didn't <laughs> right. get it every time, but sure. it was a lot of fun to practice. And to, it's it reminded me a lot of when uh, we used to do. Uh, do the sim together. Yes. And then we yeah. <laughs> hit the F key. Hit the F click, key click, and we'd click. be breaking off parts. Right. And we're like, oh, you got to get back to the field. Okay, right. you got to land it. Yeah, you only have one wing, but right. you, know, you got to land it. And so that, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. You didn't always make it, but when you did, then you, you, you had bragging rights, right? Yeah, we sure did. And so. we and we slowly moved back towards the center of the field too. We we oh, yeah, got yeah. away from the end again because, yeah. you know, once he started getting the understanding of how to make it work, we just moved everything back you know, to the normal position. So, but I, I think now that if you went out and flew your L39 by yourself, there would be no, you know, no, I definitely feel that that session right there helped me a lot. Yeah. I feel a lot more confident and, um, I just feel better about myself and the plane and the capabilities and that I'm not going to, you know, ball it up. Cause once again, this is a gift for my, mm-hmm. you know, my, yeah. my co-host here. So I'll have to wait till I come back and ball it up since that seems to be <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> right. You gave it to me. You could take it away. So, but, uh, no, it, uh, all that kind of went away and then I just started having a lot of fun. I was having fun and then, and then once I'm starting to have fun, then the learning is getting easier because I knew that we, we, we went over, we actually went, glossed over one highlight that happened to me. And Mm. I think that was something else that kind of helped me. What was that? Well, when I was first, uh, uh, just trying to do all those maneuvers. And I think it was the very first battery that I had oh, in there. Oh yeah. The little snap roll, the little snap mm-hmm. roll. So folks, yeah. I'm, it's the first time I'm getting what he told me to do. Right. He's right. like, okay, you do this, this. And I'm like, okay, I bring it in. I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm right on the center line. I, I bled off all that power. I'm, I'm, I'm right. I'm right in the groove. <laughs> and as I'm kind of just jockeying it around to bring it into the slot to come in, to come in, the plane just snaps. Whoop. Just like that. Yeah, it rolled on its back. It rolled on its back. And I go, oh, I, I think I lost. I thought, you know, I, I just yelled at him. I'm like, I, I think I had a brownout because I didn't know what was going on. I think right. it browned out. And he's like, what? And and the plane flipped on its back. And I I just, I don't even remember what I did, but I rolled it out. And then I'm like, oh, I'm landing. <laughs> I go back around. I come back and I land. And uh, he's like, well, he goes, you had a brown. How do you know it was a brown on? And I go, I don't know. The plane just flipped up on its back it just uh, that's the only thing it could be could it be a brownout i guess you know because i just lost mm-hmm. control i scared the bejeebies out of me right but uh after calming down a bit and uh cleaning my shorts uh <laughs> we and thinking about it uh i was home, able to duplicate it yeah yeah we had uh ntsb uh do give us a report and what did they say mike um well uh when you get slow and you exercise full back stick with a little bit of aileron or a little bit of rudder in there you will get a snap roll and uh, in this particular airplane, it just rolls on its back. Now, lucky for Jay, he didn't just pull the stick all the way, you know, into into his belly, so to speak. You know, he just didn't bury the stick. It it, it kind of surprised him, and I think he let go. But he kept, you know, he went ahead and rolled it all the way back around normal. So, uh, but he did accidentally hit the flap switch. So, from what we've con- kind of figured out is that uh, as he was coming around final, he got a little bit slow, and he was adding a little rudder to kind of move the nose into the wind and pitched up. And at the same time, he had started lowering the flap, so the airplane was getting slower and slower. And uh, and anyway, he, he kind of pulled the stick back a little bit too quickly, and the airplane just kind of snapped over on its back. 
I was able, when we talked about this, he's like, no, 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 that's not what I did. I'm like, okay, let's hold on. And we jumped back in the airplane. We took it up and I was able to kind of, you know, on a higher downwind, I was able to get it to do the same thing where I was like, okay, here we go. And I just, it snapped over on its back and I just rolled it around. I go, that's really what happened. And we looked over the airplane. There's nothing wrong with it. The the receiver wasn't flashing as nope. a brown out or any of that stuff. So, um, but the good news is that uh, in this particular case, it was low to the ground, and he did the right thing. He just rolled it, you know, upright. He he came out of the stick, which is the important thing to do. He kind of pushed forward on it, uh, but he didn't panic and uh, and actually got it on the ground. So that that was kudos to you. And, yeah, and, and, and that's good when, learning experience. And, and that's when I started. Less is more. I'm not. Gonna, right. <laughs> this is one of the first times. I was like, okay, uh, left hand, stop touching the rudder. <laughs> right. Exactly. And after I stopped and, doing and, that. And, and then later on when we were doing some of those maneuvers, there there was a couple of times where you really pulled hard and the whole airplane squatted and you saw the wing drop. And had you been on the rudder in that direction, it would have rolled over. Yeah. But So we kind of figured it out that there was one or two spots where he was pulling into the wind and getting really aggressive, and the wind was kicking up high enough. It was it was really above where we were, but it was strong enough that the airplane slowed way down. Way down. Way down. And he needed more power in there, um, but the, at this particular moment in time, he just didn't have it, and it just rolled over. Yeah. So it was pretty impressive. I thought he did it on purpose. Yeah. I was like, wow, <laughs> this guy's really getting confident. Wow, you know? look at what he's doing. This load of the ground, right? that's pretty – he's uh, getting a little frisky. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. Mike, I did not do that on purpose. I wish I, I wish I, got, I was cool enough, uh, cool enough head to say, right. did you see that, Mike? Did yeah, you see yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> but see I was I not. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. expect that from me, exactly. did you? Uh, no. Nope, I sure didn't. So, but, uh, but anyway. no, great day, man. I oh, I uh, put a smile on my face, and I was even though it was uh, pretty hot out there. Thank goodness that it was so windy, kept us cool mm-hmm. at least. But yeah, uh, it, it was a super fun time, and I learned a lot. Um, and my confidence level is sky high. <laughs> well, it'll be exciting to hear you know some of this now that he can get out on his own and fly. Because I did notice when we got here, we put him. Uh, our our airplanes in the the trailer and i mentioned the fact that he hadn't flown his l39 in a while and he goes well what do you mean i said well i think you flew it the last time i was here he goes mm, i don't know i could have flown it after that i said impossible there's cobwebs on the main gear <laughs> <laughs> i go Whoops. If, you, if you had flown it uh, since then there would be no cobwebs uh it was funny it was a whole spider web like on the on the nose gear with the gear door and i was like yeah you haven't flown this in a while let's go fly it so but I'm I'm glad that you feel more confident with it, and uh, I think you're going to have a blast. I I uh, I think we were on the second to last battery, and you wanted to take some uh, a water break or something, and so I uh, yeah I got my new motor, and I know we mentioned it on the la- you know one of the last oh, podcasts yeah. that yeah, we flew talk, it up there. But you it, talk about that. Yeah, our hours up, so we're going to have to go. But uh, is it really? Yeah, it'll have to be another topic. But um, oh, crap. but it, it was a good time, and I uh, I was able to really kind of put the screws to uh, or just put you know put this motor to the test, and I really really like it. Uh, and with the wind that we had, the downwind legs were just smoking, smoking fast, and it allowed me to get a lot of vertical and do a lot of you know really cool tumble stuff. And so I. I kind of did a little air show for, um, you know, for Jay and did some really cool snappy maneuvers and, you know, kind of hung it on the, hung so, it on the tail. So you're saying the purchase was good. Yes, it was very good. Yeah. Okay. It, so it was worth it. I like, so it, you so. would recommend that to, uh, to our listeners. I would. Yeah. Yeah. I went with the free wing, uh, you know, the, m- mine was the original version. Uh, so it came with the outrunner outrunner. Yeah. And I this changed the it, inrunner, the right? inrunner. Correct. Yeah. So this is the HET inrunner. Uh, it does run very well. 
especially down here. I mean, it ran really well at Scott's place. I mean, even up in, in Boulder, when I flew it off of the grass, it wasn't so good. But when I flew it off of the pavement, ish. I, th- I think we told, I think I told that yeah, story yeah. right there. Pavement-ish. <laughs> the neighborhood. It was the street in front of uh, Scott's buddy's house. But uh, when I flew it up there, it did perform very well. It wasn't quite as speedy as it was here, uh, but we had a lot of wind. So until I get back to Phoenix and, you know, kind of put it to its test out there uh, against the other two, you know. Yeah, uh, well, I definitely couldn't keep up with you for that. No, for sure. I was at a quarter throttle and I was still kind of smoking e- past me. Eking past you, yeah. So, but I'm I'm pretty impressed. So, well, uh, that doesn't even cover all of our antics. I know, we, right? uh, so we flew the Hadron uh, today, actually. That's right. And, we flew and today. Still don't, still, I'm not, you know, have to save that for another podcast. But yeah, our hour's up and uh, it's been a great time. Unfortunately, Mike, you know, had to work, but. Uh, and my time here is growing short, so I have it to is. kind of go back. Once again, to it goes really quick, right? So <laughs> you know, I feel like I just got here and it's been like two weeks. I know, so. I know. It's like we got a lot of planes that we haven't mm-hmm. even built. I, I have to say, maybe it's because it's still the summer. It's kind of hot for us here. Yeah, that, that's true. You know, we we just haven't been super super motivated. I mean, you know, I, I think about some of the times for the electric festival, we put together three planes in like less mm-hmm. than three days. That's true. Thing. Yep, and that's and here true. it's like I got plenty of stuff for us to do and play with. And, you know, we barely completed one or two projects and, you yeah. know, half started a couple couple other ones. Mm-hmm. But uh, your score, uh, you know, video games has gone, has gone way up. Oh, shit. Don't tell anybody. Different podcast. <laughs> that's true. We have uh, played a few. Well, once again, we're going to give a shout-out to Eric Haddad over at 3D Aero Ventures. Uh, he is uh, getting his uh, stuff all set up. We're uh, excited to uh, look at some of his files and the new airplanes coming out. 3DAeroVentures.com. Type in Park Flyer. Get uh, our discount on your downloads for 3D printed airplanes. Uh, and then uh, make sure you put an A-Power battery in there at RCBatteriesUSA.com. Type in PFPC10 to receive our discount. Hey, and once again, folks, if you have some ideas for content or some questions, please do not fail to give us a call at 830-444-4943. Once again, that's 834-444-4943. Yep, we love to hear from our listeners. Uh, You can email us at partflyerpodcast at gmail.com, or you can comment on our YouTube channel. Make sure you go over there and subscribe. So let us know how we're doing. We always love to hear from you guys. Uh, Also, jump on our Park Flyer Podcast listeners group. Our group is growing every day. We get more and more and more. And please, folks, post your crazy stuff that that you're doing, projects you're working on. Um, You know, we may give you a a, a call or or ask you to be on the show or see something interesting and talk about it on the podcast. So put some content, put some stuff out there that you're doing, please. Yeah, and give us a little uh, time because I know we always talk about getting in touch with you guys, but then you know things get in the way, and we got to do another. One I got to go to Hong Kong. I got to go to Antarctica. <laughs> so we're gonna leave Jay to try and, uh, and touch base with some of these guys. But uh, anyway, uh, I guess that's it for us this uh, for this podcast. We appreciate you joining us, and uh, man, we'll see you in two weeks from uh, Texas. I am uh, Michael from Arizona, and I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. And We'll see you in two weeks. See ya. Let's fly. (laughs) You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. 